Hey, everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for Scandal Fall. That's fun. With summer ends makes me sad. You know what? Fall in Vancouver means rain. Forever. Yeah, we're the same same person. I get sad. <laughs> I get sad after Labor Day for a minute, and then I realize, oh, actually, September and October are really nice. It's November, December, January, and February, February that I struggle with. March. Yeah. yeah, March is okay because we see signs of spring, and we're talking cherry blossoms. And so, anyway, we can go. We get. I agree with you. And my <laughs> Brian loves fall. Like loves it. He's a pumpkin spice oh, vibing. Oh, but he we've doesn't had this conversation before. He, he loves a pumpkin pie. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I don't mind pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin in my coffee. Oh, he doesn't put pumpkin in his coffee. I should be, I should be <laughs> mindful of what I say. He just loves Halloween. He's born in early November and sweater weather. He loves sweater weather. Um can we start? Yeah. By just talking a little bit of U.S. politics here, did you watch the debate, the the Republican, the GOP b- debate? What did you think? A little bit. I was working on some stuff so last night, so no, I'll say no. I watched a bit of it, but highlights. It's interesting. I mean, it's just like, where's Trump? Hello. <laughs> it's like, so what's what's the point? And you add up all of those candidates who were on that debate stage that Donald Trump did not attend. He, I, mm-hmm. it should disqualify you if you don't de- debate. I think this is bizarro land. Um, mm-hmm. But the that's just me. Um, yeah. All of the candidates for the GOP nomination uh, for the presidential election up on that stage last night combined trail Trump by twenty points in the polls. Yeah. Like, so therefore, just, no show. I mean, from a public relations and a spin point of view, it's really so counterintuitive to what we're what we think would happen, which would be there'd be a backlash, but not you'd also think there'd be a backlash to the fact that and somebody might bring up his 91 indictments including the the civil uh suit that was brought against him he can no longer own a business in new york yeah two things that that and then and the fact that the judge will be the judge that that he tried to get booted out happened today it's just like the guy can't win except the presidency (laughs) and the nomination potentially it's it's terrifying this really feels reminiscent of 2016 to me it feels reminiscent of it because people are indoctrinated in a way that are like nobody is nobody cares that the trump supporters will continue it will have to be taylor swift will be able to change things though if taylor swift can activate the young voters to vote that could be the difference classic get the young voters out so always always a fun did you see what happened with taylor swift and and uh kelsey travis kelsey uh-huh. And and his jerseys, did you uh-huh. see what happened? Like in no. one one NFL game, so Taylor Swift is in Travis Kelsey's box with his mom. You know, you know Travis Kelsey is one of the brothers that were in the Super Bowl last year when it was the Eagles versus the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, and and it they had it was this unique situation where this mother had two sons going up against Sports each top. other for uh-huh. right. Here's my sportscaster self. So <laughs> we kind of got you, to know the mom. You in lost this me at before. sports. Anyways, go well, ahead. Come along on, on the I'll journey with come me. Come along for the ride. I'll arm you for so you can sound like you know what the hell you're talking I about like when that. next somebody brings that, that story of my life. 
<laughs> you do it for me for politics. So here we go. Yeah, right. um, so these two brothers, we got to know the mother because her story was one of like, who do you root for? And how does this play out for you? And she was like the media darling before last year's Super Bowl. Well, fast forward to the first Monday Night Football and kaboom, there's Taylor Swift up in the box wearing uh, Travis's jersey and, you know, celebrating his what his uh, win. And mm-hmm. and all of the when he made a great play and whatever she was like screaming and yelling and dancing and it was the Taylor Swift show. Um, this woman changes the the GDP of the cities that she goes to with her concert. Mm-hmm. I just like yeah. to point that out. Like she actually does shift, um, the whole landscape. So, in that one game, the next mm-hmm. day, Travis Kelsey jersey sales went up four hundred percent. Like Swifties. Are, want all of the things and if taylor swift which she did in her documentary which was actually uh released four years ago i think now Mm -hmm. maybe even more um when she she in her documentary said you know what i gotta stand up for and it was um it was uh women's health rights and access to abortion that and in her home state um, where she was talking about being more public and more political and her f- family, her father in particular, were like, you do not need to bring this heat to you, girl. And she's like, you know what? I have to, I have to, mm. because it's misrepresenting me and Christian values because she identifies as a Christian and the the way the politicization of things. So that is now going viral again. That's why I bring all of this up is Taylor Swift's documentary mention of years ago has just surfaced for people to be like, she's actually getting political. And I was like, well, it was a few years ago, I, but sure. I, I will give like Oprah did it with, with Obama. I think there's an opportunity for that kind of celebrity status to have an impact on a candidate. Uh, but I really don't think you're going to change the entire electoral system and get young people out. You'll, you, you might get it up by a percentage or 2%, which would have a huge impact because they might have, you know, they would, maybe vote democrat but unnecessarily you know you maybe. get if she gets the young vote out that that vote is split as well as you know so well, like susan well, sarandon did with bernie sanders right yeah but it's everybody it's blames just, susan sarandon for splitting the vote and trump in the first place yes but the vote that gets the most you know is that is the boomer vote that 45 plus that's yeah. who shows up that's who decides this is really a decision in america for uh women about what they want to do in the next election and the ethnic, the uh, multicultural people of color. Yeah. People of color that's, they, they're always the two that, and if you look at Canada, Polyev coordinating that vote as well. Uh, he knows well, he's certainly women. having a better time of it now because uh, race uh, yeah. is definitely a subject matter right now in Canada yeah. after and he uh, is Vladimir Zelensky. Vlo- yeah. Let's just explain it for people who yeah. maybe don't know. Go ahead. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky comes to Canada for the first time. He has appeared mm-hmm. by video, but he's never actually stood in the house. Uh, he did. And uh, you, you kind of have to be living under a rock for the last week. Um, it was last Monday where um, uh, a man was uh, honored as a World War II veteran uh, a guest of the Speaker of the House, uh, the Honorable Mr. Rhoda, mm-hmm. now former Speaker of the House, um, as his guest. Uh, turns out he's a Nazi, a 98-year-old Nazi. Easily, um, went, easily Googled, by the way. Standing ovation with Vladimir mm-hmm. Zelensky, giving it, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's an absolute shit show 
of of bad publicity uh, for our country on a global scale. But wow, who wins here, George? <laughs> well, first of all, who, whoever the staff person that recommended this guy comes uh, is the one that's uh, must be feeling a bit rough. And and then the the politician in took in general sense here because this is the process. Generally, staff make recommendations. The politician, especially at this level, goes, "Okay, great." Politician doesn't do their research and think about you know who are these people. They trust their staff. Politician gets in trouble. Politician resigns. Not big big issue PR issue. Prime Minister apologizes in this case late, slowly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trudeau's then, never uh, met a story then, that he's gotten then, ahead uh, of, eh? He's know, never, then, never uh, gotten ahead of a thing. But Polyev is ahead of this one, and he's eaten yeah. Trudeau's lunch on this issue, and uh, it's brutal. And not, not not that I'm saying against Polyev, but I think that from a spin point of view and public relations point of view, uh, Trudeau did not need this hit right now. He's crashing and burning right now, and... Uh, uh, any opportunity that Polyev has, I mean, on this issue, where there's an assumption that this would, you know, wow, it's bad. It's bad for Trudeau, and I can't see any way for Trudeau out of out of this. We've talked about this a little bit before about a leadership race. I've said he has to do it. You got to, otherwise, you're doomed. You're not gonna. You're gonna end up out. And I'm yeah, he's not, pulling I'm down surprised. the party pretty hard here, pulling yeah. pulling down the whole brand, which if we could shift to the B.C. political landscape mm -hmm. and the hit that the B.C. United former B.C. Liberal Party has taken changing names. You said you've said it all the way along. You're like, what? Terrible idea. Terrible Terrible idea. idea. And now the conservatives surging on the federal level, yes. helping the conservatives surge on a provincial level uh, with the same, frankly, because people think, oh, BC Conservatives, that's Pierre Polyev. It's it's not. But that's what the Liberals enjoyed. The BC Liberals enjoyed mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. mushy middle voter going, oh, well, they must be liberal, right? No, a conservative party and then trying there to were. dance in the middle. Well, yeah, there were there were lots of federal liberals in the provincial liberal party that that Gordon Campbell courted and brought in. Um, hey, let's but, just be frank. Come on. Well, at the root. They're not federal liberal liberal BC liberals. It was the, it was a sparkly thing that very much worked to attract the middle that the liberals need to win. I would some say of the, that that the original BC liberal along. party that that Gordon Campbell. I'm not talking original. I'm talking no, about no, the but BC yeah, liberal now, party that changed their name. They yeah, changed so, their name. So Jazz Johal put a tweet out there. I, just, I sent it to you earlier from a couple of days ago. Yeah. Showed some stats on it. the time timing of this. You know, April they changed their name. You know, it's this is what I've said, and you and I have talked about this, and this is something that from a marketing point of view, if you're going to do something that significant, uh, change your name, you need to have, because as a marketer, this is something, it's a big deal to change your logo, to change your name. It's like, there totally. has to be a really expensive strategy to inform your consumers in the case of product marketing or brand yeah. marketing. In the case of a party, same thing. You still have to do that. You have to have a process and spend a load of money to yeah. get that brand into people's brains. It's not doesn't just go in naturally. You're the arrogance of thinking that, oh well, people will come with us is ridiculous. That's the point. And and it's the doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The arrogance, George, around the assumption that everybody's paying attention to you. Well, and you know that's all politicians, not just the PC liberals. I think you live in a little bit of vacuum sometimes when you're elected, and it's really hard sometimes to get yourself out of that vacuum uh, to understand how you are perceived 
in public. I don't care what politician you are. And it sometimes should be easier in opposition to have a good ta- tap into the to the electorate because you're you're not having to make the tough decisions. You're not, you know, you, you do have to kind of live in a bit of a vacuum when you're in office as the yeah. party in power or person in power. Because otherwise, you could get pulled apart, and and you have to kind of stand up for you for your what you want to get done in a period of time. And usually, and we all talk about Vancouver in a bit. Uh, you got to get that stuff, that scary stuff down. You can't do everything. You can't do nothing. But you kind of got to tell people what you plan to do on a grand scale, which often we hear at the UBCM. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, the, the the NDP didn't come with any goodies, and they didn't do much at UBCM. And uh, uh, it's and then I saw the story. I think it was Rob Shaw wrote an article uh, in the Orca. Um, and remember that. Remember that. Um, yeah. And um, now owned by the Glacier, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he wrote an article about this the UBCM, and he pointed out that uh, you know that that the argument why no mayors kind of came out and said. Where's our gifts? What's why? What's happening? Why didn't you do anything at UBCM? Uh, is that the premier EB has been working the working the working the rounds, going to these thirty communities across the province, being listening and uh, but this is listening is great <laughs> and task force wonderful, but at some point you got to make some decisions and get you got to you got to you got to get going and uh, we are well into a mandate here and. Uh, Evie's had time now to do, you know, where are the where's the big decisions being made? And the big decisions are the ones that can be quite controversial that you have to then potentially get people to come back to you if they're really tough. Uh, he's 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 pushed what he's done in the most recent stuff. Evie's pushing the cities. You got to build these houses. You got to build this stuff. I'm going to make you build. Um, yet I don't see any like, OK, sure. Let's blame the cities who, you know. And, and well, they did the naughty and nice list, and they are rewarding the people, the the yeah, but- cities that are actually hitting their targets. It was interesting to see who is and isn't. It you know it it didn't quite fit the narrative that everybody is failing. Um, and in fact, there was some really. I looked at some of the numbers and thought, oh, oh, good, I, I, okay. But also mm-hmm. looking at the ones where you're like, well, that doesn't surprise me. Oak Bay, that doesn't surprise me. Like West Van. West Van. Oh my good God. Don't even <laughs> get me started city. about the sidewalk beside the elementary school that was approved through council. This is a curveball for you. I don't know if you saw, I was just losing my mind about this last week. There's a gravel path next to the school, next to the elementary mm-hmm. school in West Vancouver. And it had gone through council. It had been approved. The sidewalk was being built and the NIMBYs came back and said, we don't need a sidewalk. It's safe just the way it is. And I thought to myself, are you absolutely kidding me right now? Are you uh, kidding me? Because the people in in the, the NIMBY neighborhood don't want a sidewalk there because then parents will then drop their children off on that side of the school and they don't want any car, more cars and more traffic on their road beside the... And I'm like, we are in an upside down world where the same council... That gets that then gets overruled are putting in separated bike lanes. The argument is yeah, we need concrete well, for cyclists, but we're Horseshoe not even Bay? putting one second. We're not even putting a <laughs> goddamn sidewalk in next uh, to the elementary school. Like we've lost the plot, guys. We've lost the plot. Oh, we don't want we don't want sidewalks in West Vancouver. Oh my God. Okay, time for you to move to a rural community. West Vancouver is downtown. It's downtown. <laughs> Have you seen Horseshoe Bay? The bike lane in Horseshoe Bay. You ever noticed yes. it? 
It's got yeah. giant flower pots in the middle of it. Yes. I mean, I kind of think it's hilarious, but also why? <laughs> Beautiful bike lane. Uh, and they put giant concrete flower pots right in them all the way along it. Like, like that is in your face uh, against cyclists right there. We built you something beautiful, cyclists, but we're going to put some flower pots in it. It's wild, it's like, man. You got pictures of bikes on it. It's Anyways. Cr- anyway, I, I, I totally <laughs> meandered. I apologize. I meandered on that. I did. I, I, I just, I struggle. I struggle with some of the policies and some of the things that are talking out of one side of your mouth and then like, okay, let's talk about view cones. We're talking about view cones again, George. Uh, Yeah. And this is an issue that I always worry about this whole debate. It, you know, they're, they're using it as a, okay, let's let's assess these view cones because it's impacting development. And I'm going, really? Is it okay? There's a couple that they probably get rid of, but view cones are actually a pretty important part of how our city looks, not from every angle that you go at it. And so the way this city hall is can be seen by certain from every certain angle from downtown, it's kind. I think it's a kind of an important aspect of what makes Vancouver beautiful. I don't want walls of towers everywhere. And believe me, I'm a you know I love towers. I think you're a a build it up guy. For getting build it high, let's go high. Uh, But this this i'm getting a little tired of vancouver city council f- focusing on all these things when and, and still not getting really much done they've approved that six story the whole you know massive massive this is a big decision yet there's no plan to really push it fast like to build all these potential three-story walk-ups that kind of walk-ups from smaller buildings across the city now anywhere you want basically in a kind of way it's a massive redevelopment or rezoning of the city that they did which is and very little Excellent. pushback, very little pushback. But now time. that that could be the one thing they they did in a in a four year term, because then the second phase is really how fast can we get these things built? Now how fast? Now that should be our priority, not view cones and spending all this time doing this stuff. Every time you get staff to do a report and to do a task force and to it do this and do, do that, it slows everything else down. If you down. want more There's housing, only one staff. If you want more housing, and you okay, you've made a big decision. Good job. Now it's like their decision on on taxes that they made last term for businesses. Okay, but then you scared off all the businesses through a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, you can't. You have to focus on what you're trying to achieve. You cannot do everything, and photo ops won't win you the next election. At the end of the day, if your tax comes back at ten percent and you have not won, and this is you know a park board issue, but it's going to be come down to the city. Where's the new pools? Where's the, where, why are the potholes? I couldn't get into my pool this year. Why are the potholes on Ontario still like, like ridiculous? First time in in years, I could not get into Kitts pool this year. I could not get in. Every time I looked in, it was empty. Like, cause they clear the whole pool and they make people line up and then you get to go in for 45 minutes and then they line up people and they clear the pool. It's not COVID anymore. It's like, these are the things. Is set aside to build a pool in the West end and in the Marple hundreds of almost 115 million, I think for set aside, this is money that's already put aside. That's going to be taken away from the park board. Uh, but the city's involved in this too. It has to be a co- cooperative relationship. Can they not, uh, do they not have a place for them? Like, yes, they do. We, well, we, then the why are we Marple doing it? plans there? And the, and the West end plan is it's just a matter of getting it done. It's just not getting done. And that's a park board issue. But the city, the community center plan, I mean, let's go. Let's get that pool built in Marple. There's two pools ready to go. Yeah. Meanwhile, the aquatic over center. in the southeast Vancouver, nothing's yeah. happening. The most developable area of the city, 
no community plan, no plan, no strategy, nothing. Upper kits, no plan, no strategy. Like, can we like, talk about? Can we talk about the uh, city planner who's Gonzo? Like another one. What's her uh, name? Well, I don't know what to tell you. She was it's, let go, I believe, as far yeah. as I understand. Um, surprising. Um, big not a lot job. of information about it, but it's uh, it wasn't like she was controversial. So I, I don't usually that means there was internal issues, but she was coming in know. on the I'm going to fast track and speed up the permitting process. And I guess was was she uh, cut because somebody had to take the blame on it or because it's not faster it's not improved it's not better this whole one week two week five weeks eight weeks or whatever the hell it was it's not yeah here's here's the difference between vancouver it's an absolute goddamn nightmare here's the difference between two cities that i understand there's vancouver who keeps changing the rules and changing the guidelines and changing, 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 adding, 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 building, yeah. putting this, and this controversy, you know, conflicting policies. Builders are going, uh, what am Burnaby. I supposed to do? And staff, staff are going, uh, yeah, they can't even understand how to approve yeah. stuff. Yeah. Burnaby hasn't changed much at all ever. Like they go to Burnaby, they go to the towers. CAC. All you have to do is look on the other side of you look on the other side of Boundary Road, and they're like, oh, they've figured it out. Geez, I wonder what's like over CACs. there. Yeah, yeah, they have they have a set CAC program. Like that's a community MA contribution. It's based on land value. It's like a really simple process. They've got they have no plan. They have a real push to build social housing in Burnaby right now. That's about the only thing they've done differently. Generally, though, right? Yeah, you look at uh, and then you go to small the smaller towns can push things faster, Ladner. of course. I love Ladner. where they can approve I'd love stuff to faster. See, I would love to see Kitsilano rip a page out of Ladner. It's so great. Like, come on now. You want to know what should be, and I, I wouldn't say the Jericho lands because that's a different animal, but when there are spaces, when there are pieces of city property that are sitting empty at a time where we are in such high need, like, do something. Mm-hmm. Do something. The, the nothing is just so frustrating. And do we need to hold space for Cirque du Soleil? I don't think so. Build that, build that. Why is that not built all around so, False Creek? Why is that oh, not well, built that's, up? Well, the viaducts. Why isn't it? The viaducts. Right. So, but then, but, don't, then don't tear down the viaducts and build the things. It's been mm-hmm. decades, decades. Well, I don't think Concord Pacific is particularly interested in building right now in Vancouver, in this area. It's just until the viaducts are, are, are dismantled, which somebody has to do that, it's going to cost, well, it was projected 200 million. It's more like six hundred million. We can't build them. a museum. And nobody wants to pay for that. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going who's to pay for that? Is you? Are you paying we're, for that? You know what? We're all paying for it. We're but all who, paying for it right no, now no, because nobody has any question. place to live. Honestly. Okay, but does that mean you're willing to spend the city of Vancouver to take I n- money? I never borrow? promised anybody that I was taking down the viaducts. I don't know where people are going to go. Approved. It's approved. People. But uh, exactly, but more sparkly things, George. Like no, let's no, no, no. let's fight in circles. Let's fight in circles. The, 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 things that things that get appro- hold on. Can you ask me a question? I'm going to answer it. If things are going to be approved, there should be a deadline for them to actually be implemented, or we just stop this whole process of approving shit that doesn't happen. Uh, well, sure, but you have elections and new councils get in. So I approved when I was there, except I voted against most of it because I didn't believe the numbers, the viaducts. New council comes in, don't do anything. 
COVID hits, new council comes in, another, another new council focused on other issues, not focused on that. The real estate deals around the Viac Tunnel Down are significant. It's required. We require untangling all of that. So there's that. The city would have to talk, think about that. So right now, a microcosm of that, if you've been to Vancouver, is the is the mini viaduct when you come off the Granville Street Bridge. That yeah, was a project loops. that I was involved in as far as a councillor where we approved that to happen. Uh, but the deal was we'd get the developers to pay for it. Every single developer said, I'm not paying for that. You take them down. And so that's the exact same. So it costs the city, I think it's 20, I think it's $25 million to remove a little TD roundabout. And so And then how much does the city make off the developer when they build the huge building? Yeah, now? but yeah, but that doesn't matter. Sure, of course. But as a taxpayer, do I want to do I want you as a politician? But won't we make some money back when we have the buildings 20... there? Because this is 10, 15, 20 years of no buildings there. So how much have we lost? Okay, but in okay, cost the, to the city. Let me finish. Let me finish. Twenty-five okay. million dollars for that. If it's three hundred or four hundred million dollars to take the vi, if the same situation to take the viaducts down is happening, which I think it is, it's say four hundred million to remove those. City has to borrow four hundred million dollars. Interest on four hundred million dollars alone at say ten percent, we have to pay the interest, even if they just pay the principal. They pay the principal of the loan. That's a taxpayer of it. Four hundred million dollars. You do the math, that has to come out of tax into the budget, into the operating budget, because interest is paid to the operating budget on borrowed money. Currently, our interest represents more than, I think it's almost 20% of our budget is paying interest in Vancouver. So you have to, these things don't happen now because they can't get developers to pay for it because it's too expensive. It's so funny because the whole thing you're telling me about $400 million is all I can think of was how angry I got when I was told that one building was going to cost a billion dollars in taxpayer money at the provincial level in a new museum. We are we are sparkly things and taxed and told the why we can't and why we won't and why it isn't. And that brings us back to the original point here, which is when you have people in power, whether it be city hall or in the legislature or in the House of Commons and in parliament and in the uh, prime minister's office, all of these levels of government are failing people who need places to live. And the reasons why we can't fix it are what we've been talking about for decades that have gotten us worse and worse and worse and worse and worse into it. So instead of everybody coming up with reasons why we can't do things, I would suggest that lands that aren't developed and are being held because the 9 million dominoes need to fall, something needs to change in how those lands are used in the interim. And they must be a place for people to be housed, whether it be temporarily or what. Um, but I think there needs to be a more dynamic conversation about solving some of the problems instead of talking about all the reasons why we can't. That's just me. Yeah, but it takes money to make stuff happen. So whether yeah, you spend $400 million, whether you spend $400 million removing the viaduct so you can build about 10 to 15,000 units, or you spend $400 million on temporary housing uh, Where? Of, uh, across the city. Well, that's what's happening already. There are lots Is in that it? area that in the, in the viaducts area, for example, and across the region now, they're putting up these, 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 these temporary modular homes. Uh, you know, that's happening. The province is putting all their, a lot of money into that. Uh, but, you know, if the, if the city were to go to any city, were to go to the province saying, hey, we've got this piece of land, it's, 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 industrial land or it's whatever but we need we can't afford 
we want to remediate it or we want to do something to it so that it can be built on because you got to follow some sig significant process, whatever. For we sure. don't have the cash. We don't. Can you give us the cash? Can you give us that? Can you pay for this? We'll get, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the question. If, if the city is challenged right now by, and I think that's what is happening on a major project, uh, then they need to think about how can they fund it differently that the taxpayers of Vancouver, because we're not going to benefit sure. necessarily from There's it. There's a solution. Uh, that's, that's a solution-based point. I love that. I love that because yes. I'm looking across Boundary Road and somebody's got it figured out over there. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking in Richmond for years. It was just a sea of cranes across Richmond and now it's all densified and you mm -hmm. go a little bit further South and you see all densified in Ladner and Tawasson's building out. Tawasson's building out on lands that for years were controversial. No, oh, it's, it's uh, agricultural land. You'll never build there. Well, they're all building there. It's built. That's being built on and it's being used. And it was never really agricultural land since I was a, a tween. It, that was the last time I saw anything meaningful grown down there. It was just a, it was a po politicized way to fight over things and people to hold space until they could make money off of it in a bigger way. And that's what puts a bad taste in people's mouth, I think, for politicians as well as, and look what's happening with uh, the premier of Ontario and the green belt. And, you know, those mm -hmm. back pocket deals and stuff just, make the electorate so frustrated when we're watching and you've said i think i think it might have even been our very first unspun podcast george when you were like why are we not building on city land why are we not just building on city land there's lots of city land and you're like we should be doing what pierre trudeau did back in the day with the little walk-ups and the da 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 and i lived in one of those i've actually lived in three of those frankly and i would live in them again if i had to if i found myself you know okay i i i need to rent a place and the bathroom is the size of this table and the living room is the size of this chair and table and but i got a, i got a roof over my head right and it's safe and it's secure and it doesn't leak and it's not moldy and i have a kitchen and i have a you know i'm close to where i work these are all the things that i think should be human rights for people but if it takes oh. you 4 years to build a three story building in vancouver you're not going to do it. It's not worth building. I know. I get you. How much and that's tax 30 minutes. That's 30. Way to go. How do we follow you, George? <laughs> uh, George underscore. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, yes. <laughs> At George. Underscore. Affleck. Affleck on your Twitter. Uh, George is an excellent follow on your TikTok as well. Um, I really <laughs> enjoy. I enjoy those. Like your delivery is fabulous. Um, yeah, I uh, it's worth a follow on TikTok. But George Affleck, George underscore Affleck on your Twitter, or if you're calling it by what Elon Musk names everything, you can go there. Uh, I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y, at Jody Vance. And uh, we'll see you next week for the fastest bye, bye. 30 minutes. I, I was fast. I can't believe it. See you later. I know. I looked up. I'm like, okay, that's 31 minutes. We got to go. <laughs> we went way over last week. Bye. Bye.